somebody that I've always wanted to talk to uh, here today, Sean Roberts. Um, Sean, I heard about you through, and you know, I know you have a lot of people come through your door, so I'm not expecting you to recognize this name. My personal buddy, Ryan Johnson um, in the Bay Area, he's now brown belt. He actually enlisted with the United States Navy and he's a doctor with the Navy and he's a brown belt and he's still practicing every day. So for those of you that say that there's no time, this guy is a doctor, a Navy, an officer, and also a brown belt. So, but uh, he he moved out to um, he moved out to the Bay Area um, and while he was doing his pre med stuff and and was training with you and was training with you back when you were in the Bay Area. Um, oh, nice. Yeah, I taught at a few different places at that time. I'm not sure exactly what. Uh, sure, sure, sure. But you know, he spoke super highly of you, and that kind of had that name in the back of my head. And then I stumbled upon I think one of my favorite pieces of YouTube Jitsu is the brown belt kumite. Oh yeah. That was, and that I was, was tough. I was like, holy shit, this guy, I was like, this is the guy, this is the guy. And frankly, honestly, like, I think you were, you were, I think probably one of the most impressive guys in, in that video. If you folks for folks listening, Brown belt Kumite. Um, I think that's just an awesome piece of, uh, of jujitsu folklore, but you were so impressive. You were, you were like a lot, um, I'm like, like you, you were significantly smaller than a lot of the guys that you tapped and like tapped easily. Um, just, you know, just, just an incredible competitor, someone that I've always wanted to talk to. So welcome. Thanks for taking the time. Yeah, um, no there's a lot going on. I th- it looks from, from what I've seen just catching up with you on Facebook, you dumped a whole bunch of money into sector jujitsu right before shelter in place happened. Yeah. So, um, what happened was, um, jujitsu is going really well. You know, a lot of people yeah. just getting more and more popular, more, more people were signing up. And we just needed a bigger ship. And um, there was st- it was right around the time where um, people were kind of talking about it, you know. And it was starting, people were starting to get a little bit more worried. But then at that time, like almost everyone thought it was going to be, you know, a month and then we were going to be back to normal, you know. So I was a little nervous signing it, but I just bit the bullet and um i signed it <laughs> yeah but luckily our landlords are very nice so we've been able to stay afloat and me personally i was brought up as um for my parents always told me to delay status uh delay gratification for the yeah. to save for the future so luckily i did, I, I took their advice and that's also what's helping me keep afloat right now okay okay so you're you're doing just you're doing okay. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe it, it, it sucks. It sucks, but yeah. <laughs> I'm doing okay. Hey, so just for folks listening, um, there's jujitsu, the credentials, jujitsu, the black belt, jujitsu, how you relate to your students, but there's also the business of it. And you need to, you know, like you said, you need a bigger ship. I mean, these things get planned well in advance, right? I mean, you sign leases, you, you order mats, you kind of design the whole location. You talk to your students, hey, we're going to move. Can you make it? Uh, can you can you make it to the new location? Is this about right? Like this was like a long process. It's a lot. That got it, interrupted. It's it's a lot more than people think, you know, because you have to go to the city, you have to get plans done, you have to get an architect, you have to set up everything. It's very difficult, actually. It's not like oh, we're gonna get mats and then people are gonna start walking in. It doesn't work like that. Yeah, yeah. How how long that's did like, it- that's like garage stuff? Like you get to math your garage and you get people to come over. That's easy. But when it goes into like business, you have to start dealing with the city and stuff. Then it's a whole different ball game. Yeah, 
So let's um let's plug sector jujitsu here. The, the new location is officially it's it's, it's almost it's almost done. It's okay. just taking a while, you know. Yeah. Like I said, working with the city, yeah. they're not they're not in a rush as right. much as we are. Okay. And then work, just quickly, where can folks uh, connect with Sector Jiu Jitsu on Instagram and, and online and stuff? So it's uh, at Sector Jiu Jitsu, or at, sorry, at Sector BJJ is up for Instagram, and then SectorBJJ.com. Okay, very cool, very cool. Hey, so um, everything was going well before this happened, and then this kind of happened, and then, you know, we're kind of getting a little bit off topic, I, I, kind of different than the than how I wanted to conduct this this talk but this is where we're going i think this is good um what do you i mean you're um you're still training for yourself i think professional athletes can resume training um you actually contracted coronavirus is what you what you said and you said it wasn't that bad not speaking for anybody else not giving medical advice you're a young yeah. healthy individual and you got it and you did okay for yourself do you want to kind of talk about that and just what you've seen the impacts to jujitsu and coming out of this um, me personally like i i know a ton of people in jiu-jitsu and i haven't heard of anyone in jiu-jitsu personally that has had massive trouble with this yeah but yeah. we're all healthy you know i mean your health is an investment and people that do jiu-jitsu are typically healthy so statistically they have a better chance that's just how it works and if we know anything about coronavirus we know that young people People that are healthy, they do the best, you know? So I kind of fell right into that category of people that would survive this and not really have a problem. And that's kind of what happened. Okay. Hey, um, do you, I mean, I just think people are, you know what, let me, let me tell you my story. Okay. We had a, um, and just full disclosure, I'm the owner, ESAC BJJ, ESACBJJ.com. Um, we are training. We're not complying with the governor's orders. Same. Um, yeah, that being said, uh, I mean, just full disclosure, I'd hate to ask you to tell me about your experience and then not tell you what I'm doing, you know. Um, we're, what we're doing is there's no drop-ins, there's no free one-week trial. The membership right now is month to month, so you can hop in or out at any time that you want to. But if you're going to train with us, you pay up front, and we ask that you don't do anything else. You don't go to like a lifting club, or you don't go to like a boxing club, or you don't go roll somewhere else. We're kind of trying to make it like our little bubble, you know what I mean? We're actually literally identical, identical oh. policy. Right? I told everyone not like, not to cross train, and we have time to cross train afterwards, you know. Yeah. So, but for right now, let's try to keep it like: don't go to parties, don't do this. Yeah. And I, was, I was cruising around. Um, do you watch those little Instagram stories? Uh, I don't go on the internet a lot. Good for you. Actually. Man. Good for you. Yeah. Uh, so. I'm rarely on Instagram and I'm rarely on just like social media. Okay. Okay. So I was, I was cruising around Instagram and I saw that one of my students went to like an underground, like trap house concert in Oakland, like in one of these yeah. warehouses. And there was like 500 people like in this underground Jesus. warehouse, you know, I mean, it looked like a fun time, you know, he looked like he was out and, and then I texted him and I was like, Hey man, you know, maybe wait 10 days after this before you come back you know, I'm glad that you're having fun. He told me, yeah, it's my buddy. He's like this independent artist. And he finally felt, you know, he finally got this like big concert going. So I had, I felt like I had to go. I was like, it's, it's cool. You know, I'm not gonna hold that against you, but just please just hang back for a little bit. So, you know, we're just asking people to kind of keep the exposures tight. Certainly if someone is like a construction worker or works in a certain setting, I try not to hold someone's job against them because that's like really, yeah. personal. 
you know? Yeah, um, but um, I mean, you know, and if you went to like, you know, your mother's house or your immediate family, I'm not, I try not to like, I'm not your police. I'm not your mother. You know what I mean? But if I see on Instagram that you went to an underground trap concert in Oakland, yeah, just, probably. I was going to hang back for 10 days. You know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. So, um, so, you know, we're, we're training against governor's orders. And where I was taking this was that I actually had a student. Um, I actually had a student. And uh, this dude is actually one of my better friends. And we rolled on a, we rolled on a Saturday. And then actually, then we rolled again on a Monday. And then Monday night, he texts me. He's like, hey, Gibran, I think I'm feeling kind of, I think I'm feeling kind of sick, man. And I was like, bro, don't do this to me, man. You can't tell me every little sniffle you get. Like, you either have it or you don't. Go get tested. But don't, yeah. me, don't hit me with, like, I sneezed. You know what I mean? So I have to call every student if I'm going to be responsible. So, like, tell yeah. me what's actually going on. And he's like, okay, okay. So then he, like, hits me again on Wednesday, like, two days later. And he was like, yeah, dude, I tested positive. I'm sorry. And this was, like, literally, like, two days after. Because, you know, we had, like, closed and then we reopened. Yeah, I, I, this would be, this was my second shutdown, actually. Yeah, yeah. So this was like the second day of the first reopening. He, you know, he like, he came in with coronavirus and then he called to tell me, he's like, oh, sorry, I, you know, I was like, who'd you roll with? He's like, I rolled with everybody. <laughs> okay. Did, did anyone else, did anyone else test positive? Nobody got it. Okay, <laughs> that's the same for me. That's the same for me. It was like. I was like, oh, no, here we go. And then everyone was like, negative, 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 negative. I'm like, where did I get it from then? Like, yeah. I broke my eyes a lot. I have allergies. I, I don't know what happened. You know, like, did I get it from jujitsu or what? No. But I remember, I remember that day. I remember when I first started feeling, like, really weird. I was, like, just drilling. And everything was exceedingly, like, difficult. I was like, what is going on? Yeah. But then I called, I called people, the ones that were supposed to, they all just tested negative. Yeah. You know, you know what? Let me be fair. Let me be fair. Some, some people in our children's class got coronavirus shortly afterwards. The parents seem to think that it got transmitted through the children. But from what I know, his children didn't get it until after he got it. And the timeline doesn't seem to match up in my head. Yeah. Um, It just, you know, they, they seem, you know, so not who knows you know what i mean i can tell you that no one that rolled with him directly got it um and then he was like i asked him hey brother two out of ten how bad was it and he said two and i said one out of ten how bad was it he says two he told me that a regular cold is worse is that your experience well i don't know it's hard for me to compare because i've never had the flu i've had a cold but it's it's a little weird you know like it kind of altered my sense of taste um and then there was times where i was like oh i feel great and i'm like okay i don't feel good again now i feel great and not good again but um i mean i've been sicker like yeah. i wasn't close to going to the hospital um i don't know it would just it's it, it, it for me i feel like i was just sick like just normally sick yeah this this lady that i follow on twitter that's a reporter said that the weirdest thing that it did for her was that her eyes hurt did you get, did you Actually, get like really weird or? No, I, well, I don't get headaches normally, like ever, Okay. but I got a headache, so it was weird. Yeah. Hey, do you feel any lingering, like I know there's a lot of people that talk about like lingering effect. Do you feel anything 
maybe stayed with you? Um, no, feels completely normal. Yeah. Do you feel relieved? Well, the thing is, I, I see my parents a lot. So for me, I, I was the biggest threat to the family. And I'm just relieved <laughs> yeah. that, that that threat was eliminated. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that has been at least eliminated for however long immunity lasts. Yeah. No, I mean, it's certainly there's like, hopefully some sort of sense of relief where it's like, okay, I'm past this for now, at least. You know? Yeah. Now I'm wearing a mask for nothing. <laughs> <laughs> hey, but, so, um, so, wear it, though. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's cool. I mean, you kind of have to now just to get into like a store, you have to do it. Yeah. Hey, um, so like I said, like, so ESAC BJJ, we're continuing to train. Um, one of the experiences that I had with it was at a, you know, we locked, we shut down at first. We, we complied for like two months. You didn't then, comply. I bet you did it. Did you do it before you had to like everyone else? Yeah. Yeah. So we, everyone did. <laughs> what did you guys do? Because people are like, you guys are training, you're going against the orders. It's like, we actually, when, when all the jujitsu gyms shut down, there was a few that didn't, but most jujitsu gyms actually shut down by themselves yeah. When there was no, when you weren't even required to at the point, I shut down about one or two weeks before that we were actually required to, because, yep. you know, unlike what people think, we're not trying to kill people's grandmas and stuff. You know, we were trying to save everyone. So it was the right thing to do, but now it's just gone so far that, yeah. you know, things yeah. have changed. That's exactly what we did. Our last day of training was March 16th or March 14th, whatever the end of the week was that during that week. Yeah. And then the order Basically. didn't didn't come until after that yeah but it, it was much easier to shut down then because we thought it was gonna be like two weeks and we we're gonna be back open you know what's interesting is like you know if you look at the history of these sort of things like the spanish flu was like a three-year thing so i think yeah, that, yeah. You know, i think that they kind of knew that they were lying to us they're like oh just shut down just shut down don't worry don't ask questions just stay inside cool. and, yeah dragged it on and dragged it on and you know it's it's easier to get people to comply once they're all separated from each other yeah i don't know i mean th this is personally my you know my my personal my personal belief but i mean the the people who know about this sort of thing they know that it's like a two to three year thing you know i mean it has to yeah. affect a critical mass of people you know or yeah. we're all, or we're all going to get a vaccine you know both of those things are two to three year thing i mean yeah but Good, good thing for us is uh, we have a lot more science than those dudes did back in 1918. Yeah, yeah. So, so we're continuing. When we, when we were allowed to reopen, we reopened. And then when they told us to shut down again, I was just kind of like, no, no. I'm not doing it. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not doing it. And, you know, I'm not totally convinced about the constitutionality of telling us to shut down without a legal, without a law being passed. Not to get too political, but it's like, you can't yeah. just ask someone to stop making a living. You know what I mean? And, and it's so weird. It's like, a, it's like a one size fits all. Like, like, let's just say like we allow one person in, we can't even allow one person in. Right. You know? Like you movie, movie theaters can't allow like even one person. Like if one person wanted to go in to movie theater, they can't. Yeah. It's just weird. Yeah. Yeah. So we just, we just kept training and then, I started seeing there's no problem with it or it didn't seem like there was a problem with it. So I was like, you know what? Let me post some of our moves to Instagram. I was like, okay. 
you know, then we had like 10 or 12 people on, you know, on, in the class. I was like, let me post this to an Instagram story. Nobody complained. It's just been, it's been okay. You know? Yeah. We just had to wait until, you know, cause I saw some other gyms open up a little bit earlier than me. So I was like, okay, we're just going to like, see what we're going to let them test. Yeah. We're going to let them jump off the cliff and tell us, that, tell us if there's rocks at the bottom first and then we'll follow them if there's not. But, um, yeah, I didn't want to be the first one to open because I knew that, remember those people that opened really early, they got like really bad reviews and people were talking a bunch of trash on them. Now there's just too many places that yeah. no one really talks trash on anymore. Yeah, I feel like they're hopefully, I think we're hitting a critical mass of, of people who are just saying, I can't delay any longer. I even had a student, um, just today I had a student, one of the things that I did was I've been giving students access to the gym with a key and then I have like certain slots that they can use it at. Uh, I did that too. Yeah. And then they can kind of come in. I, I put the moves online. They can come in and work the moves and we zoom with them. And then we kind of do these video reviews. It's just for like these, I have like four pods of, of four little groups, like within their household, you know, uh, uh, partners and stuff like that. We and, actually had quarantine groups. So I set up groups that the, I basically, I have, a, I have a box on the, on the door, near the door where you just put a code in and it opens up. The oh, key, sweet. and you could just open up the gym. So I had these quarantine groups that were just like six people, and they would just come in at their own time slot, and they would have basically each of them would have like a brown or a black belt teaching the class. Oh, cool! And they would just all stay together. But then eventually, like that fizzled out, and they all went back to like normally normal training. Yeah, I mean, today I had one of my most like one of the students that was most concerned about lockdown. I'm just gonna use the word most scared. Okay, I'm going to use one yeah. of my students who is most scared. Um, and not really scared for himself, but about his family. And yeah. uh, I overlapped with him as I was leaving. He was coming in uh, with his little group. And he's like, you know what, man? I think I'm ready to come in. So Once I, they saw him on training, they were like, okay. Yeah, like all their, you know, it's like, I, yeah, and then for me personally, one thing that I like to say just for myself personally, is like if I get this, I have like what, like a 1% chance of dying? Well, yeah. If the well, if my business fails, I have greater than a one percent chance of taking my own life. Yeah, you ever seen? You ever watched? Are you a fan of South Park? Yeah, of course. <laughs> Remember the ones where they're at the Indy Casino and they give them SARS and they're like, "There's only gonna be ninety nine percent of us left." I always think about that. Only ninety nine percent of us left. Oh man, that's hilarious. Hey, so um, are you um? Are you, you, so you're feeling pretty, are you still getting like new people interested? Or like, I know that I, I'm getting some new people interested. And one thing that has been kind of cool is I'm telling people no free trial. I kind of didn't really love doing the free trials anyways. Most people would just kind of sign up if they knew that they were going to do it. And so it's kind of reducing the amount of BS that's coming through the doors. People just either want to do it or not. Yeah. Uh, but I'm still getting, you know, I, I, I still signed up like five people this month. I don't like, what are you, what are you feeling? It's, it's what are your same, thoughts? It's, um, but I don't post a lot of like, I don't post that we're open. We're just yeah. open. Like I don't, kinda. so I kind of keep it on the down low a little bit, but if someone comes in, they can just come in. The thing is the new place that I have is like a fishbowl. So the whole building is windows, except for like obviously the roof. So you're going to be able to see inside and it's off of main street and it's like right across the street from McDonald's. So if you go to McDonald's, you're going to see that we're open and, and yeah. we'll see what happens then. Yeah, no, I've seen, so again, Sector BJJ, is that right? 
Yeah. Because folks just check out the facility. I mean, this is a, this is a beautiful, beautiful, you guys have that like loft up above, right? Yeah, that's that's going to be arcade. <laughs> for the parents waiting and stuff. <laughs> no, this is for the kids, you know, because yeah. so, a, a lot of times when you, I mean, you have kids running around the gym, like when yeah. the parents are training and they just make so much noise. I'm just like, go play foosball upstairs and, or go play the video, your Nintendo Switch on the TV upstairs, or go play the arcade games that we're going to have. So they yeah. could just, yeah, we could just like train in peace. So Sector BJJ is a, it's like a hang. It's like a hangout too. Yeah. No, but that's like, I mean, I think that's a good thing. I'm not saying that, that that's going to have a negative effect on the jujitsu, but it's like this way, the kids or a parent who's waiting, people can kind of, I mean, let's just face it. Sometimes, sometimes you're, sometimes you're there for like three hours. Yeah, because like sometimes the parent, like the parent will wait while their kids are training, and then the, the parent will train, and then the kid has to wait there. And yeah, you know, no, that's totally so cool. Yeah, no, that's totally. I grew up at this. Um, I I grew up playing Magic the Gathering, like yeah. a lot of Magic the Gathering, and we would do these like these like tournaments and these like booster drafts. And I mean, it was the same thing. It was like sometimes between ma you, uh, a Magic the Gathering tournament, it's like a jujitsu tournament. It's longer. It could be like an eight-hour thing. And so yeah. I would just hang out at this comic book store called Name of the Game, you know. And they had this like N64 in the back where people could kind of hang out. I think it's a good thing, man. I really do. Especially, you know, you probably have some desks set up for kids to do homework and stuff. Um, yeah, still thinking about all that stuff. Yeah. Hey, um, can I take a step back and just kind of ask you about your jujitsu yeah. a little bit? Just I, I, I always know that you were a guy that that I looked up to just for the technique, for what I saw in the kumite and just in you know and, and just in your matches and stuff. Um, your lineage, you're you're a half Gracie guy. Can you just talk about your lineage, how you got into jujitsu, just how you advanced, you know, how you decided you wanted to make it a career and all that stuff. Yeah, so I started jujitsu back in 2005. Um, and like almost everyone else that started around that time, um, I got sucked in by watching like the UFC. Yeah. And and then it's funny because it's so long ago. It's, I would da I downloaded some of the old Gracie instructionals off LimeWire. <laughs> so oh, I was back. practicing at home. Yeah. So I was practicing at home for a long time and. Um, Eventually, just my dad kind of got mad that I was doing moves on him too much. He said it hurt. So so he eventually just signed me up, and it was at a half Gracie place. And he watched the UFC, so he knew the Gracies were legit. And then I was like, I can't believe half Gracie's actually there. You know, Gracie lives next to me. And I went there, and obviously it was just the name. It wasn't half Gracie that was there. Like, you know. But it was an instructor. His name is Brad Jackson. And – just from the first day, I mean, I got my butt kicked. I thought I was going to do a lot better since I was practicing a little bit at home, but that didn't help. It was not working. Um, For everybody practicing at home on their own. It, it doesn't help. It doesn't I, I mean, it helps a little bit. Like, I knew. You knew how you were getting your ass kicked? <laughs> yeah, I knew, like, I knew what to kind of – I knew what an armbar was and stuff. But, yeah. yeah, I just – from then on, I just loved it. Yeah. And then uh, I moved around a lot. Actually, I've, I've been to, man, a bunch of different gyms. I moved around a lot. I trained in San Francisco for a long time. Um, I trained at Checkmat and just been around. I've been around the block. Yeah. What did you, um, but you're, you got your, your black belt lineage is health crazy. Yeah. Okay. And then, but you kind of moved around a lot. I mean, you moved to, 
like for personal reasons you moved because you wanted to train up better at different places or you were just, like when just 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 I, I, so yeah so i got my purple belt in orange county um still under half gracie i started in yorba linda which is a city in in southern california then we moved to orange county and then i moved up north to san francisco and i trained with kurt oziander he you know him right oh yeah so that was pretty cool and then i moved to berkeley and trained in in berkeley with my old instructor that for a couple of years then i just came back and took over teaching okay so but you're always moving for jujitsu when did you when did you realize and how did you come to the realization it's like hey this is what i want to do Especially back um, then, it wasn't, it wasn't so big where you, like, nowadays, you know, Gordon Ryan just put up, like, a million bucks for a match. Nowadays, you can, crazy. like, look at it. Yeah, I know, it is crazy. But nowadays, you can look at it and be like, oh, there's real money in it, you know? But at yeah, the time, back then it was, yeah. I mean, back then, it was, it was, it was different. Like, I didn't really think I would be a jiu-jitsu instructor until I was, like, until one day when I was purple, someone was like, hey, you want to teach your class? I was like, well, okay, I guess. And I started teaching and always did like side side gigs of teaching. And then finally started teaching full time back in, oh my God, 2012 or 2013. Yeah. You, um, you enjoy it. Yeah. I mean, it's all I do. <laughs> what, um, was there a moment when you're like, oh, this is what I'm going to do? I th- I don't know when I when I came to the realization that that's what I was gonna do. Probably somewhere around blue belt. Yeah, yeah. Once I realized I was actually oh I'm actually kind of good at something, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's super cool. Hey, um, your co- just can you just take us through like your competition career? You kind of did a lot of you did a lot of competing, and then um you took a break right before shelter in place happened. You said you were thinking about going back to it. Um, yeah, huh? What a horrible timing. Yeah. Um, so I've done about uh, probably a little over 200 tournaments Shit. in my life. So, and I've had some really grueling matches, and sometimes um, you get burned out, and I yeah. got burned out. I went through some personal problems with like a divorce and stuff that really yeah. kind of crushed my motivation for a while. Yeah. And then, you know how when you dig yourself in a hole, sometimes it's just hard to dig yourself out, even though you're ready to get out of the hole. It's still oh, yeah. hard to dig yourself out. Brother, I've so been there. It was just one day where I was like, no, screw it. I'm going for it again. And then I started competing again a little bit more. But it's hard to juggle now, like teaching and competing and, and all that stuff. Yeah. It, it's one of the other now. I mean, unless you, unless your school has like world champions in it. Right. Otherwise you have to like travel to get good rounds in and then you're not really there for your own class. And then, you know, there's something too about like you're cutting weight. You didn't eat well, your body's more sore than it's ever been. All your competitions on steroids, you know, you're just kind of cantankerous. You're just, you know, and then also you know, you got to teach a kid's class on top of that. And you're really thinking about yourself. Like really, I think that's really what it's like. You're, you're thinking about yourself and what are you going to do? And you almost become kind of like 
I'm not at somewhere between resentful and just uninterested in your, in your students because you really want to take that time for yourself. Yeah. Um, you can't, it's not about you anymore when you start teaching. Yeah. So, um, do you, I mean, do you feel like it's incompatible? Like it's just more difficult to teach when you're, when you're competing or it's just, it shouldn't be done or what, like, what do you, I mean, I felt it myself. I, you know, for, for myself competing just hasn't really been a passion. I just, I got really burnt out in high school wrestling. Honestly, I knew I loved to grapple. I love like, I love the moves. I love competing kind of on the mat. I, you know, I'll still hop into a tournament now and then I hopped into one right before in December, you know, and I was kind of gearing up to do some more, but yeah. Am I really dying that I didn't get to compete again? No, you know, I don't know. I like traveling the country with my wife. I like surfing. I like barbecuing with my yeah. friends. Uh, you know, I don't know. I like, I like podcasting. I like this. So I know that there's really some yeah. people that just like live to compete and that's reflected in their jujitsu and, and I, I applaud them for it. But I also feel yeah. like you can kind of like, it's almost like, you know, the horses have those, those blinders and that's all they can see. Yeah. I've been there. <laughs> Yeah. What's that like? Like when, when you're done competing, you know, and the divorce is very, I'm sure it's very difficult or like, you know, someone I, I've been prone to depression myself in the past. Um, we're just kind of like in this whole, you know, it's just like, ugh. so yeah. you felt like this was like a way to kind of like force you to do something like force you to, yeah. to, to go on that run in the morning, force yeah. you to get on that diet, force you to, to lift at night, something like that. Yeah. Hey, real quick, I'm gonna switch my Wi-Fi because I'm I'm on the wrong Wi-Fi. Yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. So before we were, before we before we got disconnected, we we're talking about kind of being in a hole. I I was saying like I've personally gone through. Um, everyone in my family gets to in my own family. I, I see a lot of like this kind of ups and downs, mania, depression, yeah. depression, whatever. Um, I'm Hispanic. We feel everything very deeply. Um, but did, you know, did you feel like, um, you know, maybe being in a little bit of a hole or being in a little bit of a funk that competing was a way to like force yourself to diet, force yourself to lift at night, force yourself to get those hard rounds in to kind yeah, of kick so, everything. Um, definitely. Cause when you sign up for a tournament, you sign up like yeah. pretty soon that, that fear of like, okay, I don't want to look like crap in front of everybody really starts to kick in and you really just got to do it. But it's completely normal to be caught in a funk. Everyone does that, you know? Um, <clears throat> remember, like, in the beginning, like, how I said, like, I don't like I don't like social media and stuff like that. It's because yeah. people always post about, like, good things in their yeah. lives. So they're always like, wow, am I the only one who feels like crap sometimes? So yeah. it's, it's normal. You're not. No, you're not. No, of course. But so it's, it's always normal. Everybody goes through something like that where they're just in a hole and they have to dig themselves out. So um i I did um but yeah it was, i was in a dark place for a little while but again jujitsu saved my life again yeah you know i feel like there is i mean really like people's entire your whole life is really just a series of like good times and bad times you know what i mean like you know i remember like in high school it was man i i i am just not made to sit at a desk for seven hours I just, you know, I mean, and it's like going from period to period. It was like torture. It was literally, yeah. it was like torture. And I wasn't particularly good at like navigating that social, like that social scene. Again, we're like immigrants. And so my parents didn't really, we didn't grow up with that sense of like establishing roots in the community. We kind of just kept to ourselves. Yeah. So I kind of didn't really know where I fit in. So high, like, aside from wrestling, high school was just kind of torture, you know? Yeah. Um, so I'm just waiting on college. 
you know? And then in college, like I was having a great time, but I was also just like, man, I'm just going into debt. Am I going to get a job? So there's like a lot of anxiety in college. And then you go into working and then you get, then you leave college and you go into getting a job and you're like, Oh, am I going to be any good at this? Am I going to be a sick? You know? So you're really just, all that stuff just rides with you. It just hangs with you. You know what I mean? Um, no one's ever up, you know, all the time. I think there should be a rule like for everything like happy that you post on Instagram, you should post something depressing too. <laughs> yeah. Cause everyone has that. And like, like I can, I've been doing jujitsu for over half my life and there's been times where I've actually just gone to my parents like, look, I don't want to do this anymore. Obviously, like if I oh. would have stopped, that would have been the worst thing, worst choice of my life. Yeah, you know. So I, obviously, I'm, I'm glad my parents are there to be like, "Hey, that's stupid." <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, you know, but there's times where like I just didn't want to go teach. I didn't want to do jujitsu anymore. And then I was like, "Okay, what am I gonna do if I don't do jujitsu anymore?" And just you know, time heals a lot of things and. Yeah. Eventually I was like, okay, I'm back, you know? Yeah. So it was good. Did you, were you able to get a competition in before shelter in place? Yeah, I got a couple in. I did, um, I did two of them, I think. I did the Fresno Open and I did this other one that I kind of forgot. Okay. So for you, that process was more about finding your passion again. And yeah, basically. Just get my butt back in shape and does that help? You feel like you feel like that helps with like those like those down cycles when you're forced to get yourself back in. You know, so I have students all the time and I don't know I don't know what, what it is, but I think it's maybe like all the Joe Rogan talk about like, you know, like um kind of finding yourself and then doing something hard and then like jujitsu being like therapy. You know, just because like jujitsu is like therapy, that doesn't mean that your jujitsu instructor is your therapist. <laughs> I can't no. tell you, I can't tell you how many students I have like, Jabron, I'm ready to turn my life around. I'm in a dark place. You know, like I'm eating shit at, at work. I hate my wife. I do this. I do that. You know what I mean? And I was just like, dude, I'm not your therapist. Just I'm like, dude, I'm, I'm, I'm just going to teach you numbers, man. Like, yeah. Like I'm in, like, I'm actually in the same place in many of these respects. This is just one way to kind of, this is just one way to transcend that condition. You know, it's not like I have any insights, right? Yeah. Like, but there are so many jujitsu instructors that will be, will be like, start giving you advice that they're not even qualified to give you. Yeah. This is weird. Do you, do you keep it to, I give a little bit of advice on them. I'm not course. advice, but I, I, I tell some stories and stuff like, like, do you keep it just to arm bars and or what's your style? No, no, but like, um, I just deal with like, you know, cause I've, I've, I've been through some problems too. So again, I, I kind of give stories as well, just kind of like what I did and how I got out of it and how I dealt with stuff like that. Yeah. But sometimes where I'm like, I don't know, man, I'm, I, <laughs> I'm just here to teach arm bars. Yeah. Oh man. That's so cool. Hey, um, so just um, kind of wrapping up here, uh, j just learning a little bit more about yourself. Where do you see this all going? Like, where does this, where does the next, what do you like in a year, the sector BJJ in full swing, you're back to competing. Like, what do you, yeah, you know, and if, and let me ask you this too. Like if, if I try to say to myself that hopefully there's something good that comes out of all bad things. Yeah. You know, do you see anything good coming out of this or? Well, the life is up, ups and downs, man. Like, people, I, there are some people who are just like, jujitsu is done forever, and that's not true. You know, like how we were talking about, like, dude, there were there was 
COVID-19 is a pandemic, but it is nothing compared to what a real, like a real, real pandemic is, you know, and we're here training jiu-jitsu and there's been real, real pandemics in the past. So I think that if you own a jiu-jitsu gym, you're going to be limping along for a while. Um, that's just the truth. You're going to be limping along for a while and everything's going to just eventually just go back to normal. I mean, that's how life works. Yeah. Um, in, in a year, I think that we're, we're definitely going to be feeling the effects of it still, maybe in the financially. But, you know, in three, in three years from now, this is just going to be an ugly memory. Yeah. You think so? I mean, it's how it's going to work. Yeah. Hey, um, you mentioned you were, um, you mentioned you were pretty close to your parents. Yeah. That is so cool. I, um, I wish I was closer to my parents, honestly. Um, what you just, Sean Roberts, the person, the man, the myth, the legend, right? What do you, um, for fun, you know, if you're not on the map for fun, what do you do? Who it like, who do you like, who do you take? Do you live like close to your parents? Like, are you like in the same neighborhood? You get to visit with them. You live with them. A lot of people are doing that now. Um, right now, I actually live with them. They're, they're, if I go out that door. Oh, cool. Good for you. Their door is, their house is next to it. Okay, cool. So are you like in a little granny flat? There's like this, it's like, uh, I'm on the property. But yeah. There's, a, there's another house. There's like another house on the property. But it's a small oh, house. But, yeah, yeah. So you know who, my wife. But I, I pay rent. Yeah. Oh, so, so, dude. I mean, even if you didn't, that doesn't. That's not your worth as a human. My wife, um, my wife lived on a property, on like on her family estate, on a you know in a house on our family estate. Yeah. It was awesome, because yeah. then you got like the grandkids running around. Everyone can get together, but then you can kind of go back and do your own thing if you need. That's so cool, man. Like, you know, my my sister and my mom live like a half mile from each other. And it's yeah. just, it's the best thing, man. Like when my sister, when my sister started having kids that I come and drop the kids off to the mom, you know, to mom. And then, but you know, so there's like, there's real, there's real benefits to it, man. I don't think, you know, I mean, the Chinese have been doing this forever and they, it's, you know, like, yeah, like my sister, I could drive to her house and be there in like five minutes. That's so cool. That's so so cool. Everyone lives super, super close. What do you do? This is Chino Hills. No, I actually live in Norco now. Norco is like, um, the ha- the horse capital of the United States. So many horses. Like I could, you, it's not uncommon to see someone in a horse and carriage here. It's really funny. <laughs> are you, are you a horse guy? No. Your family? <laughs> no. How'd you guys wind up in Norco? It's pretty, it's pretty quiet. And, uh, it's, a, it's a nice, quiet place. Yeah. And then, but the academies in Chino Hills. Yes. Okay. Cool. So I just drive there every day. It's not, not too far. <clears throat> yeah. Do you just hang out between classes or? No, it's, it's like a 20 minute drive. So I, I come back home. Oh, cool. Yeah, dude. That's the worst, man. If you have to like go and stay, I can't, I can't, I can't imagine. Uh, I don't know, man. They're going to have arcade upstairs. I might stay. I might just stay. Set yeah. up a little pot. I was going to try to put a hidden room in there, but. <laughs> happening. That'd be kind of cool. Like kind of purple belts and up, like a VIP lounge. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, Matt. Um, well, l- listen. Uh, thanks. So, hey, okay. This is one of the last questions I knew I wanted to ask. You can totally defer this question. You can totally skip this question if you want. Um, I had heard, and let me tell you that this is something that I heard. I don't remember who told me, so it can just be totally like BS, and it's not important either way. 
the brown belt kumite again i encourage everybody to watch it i think you absolutely shined in it i heard that keenan lost a match that they chose not to video no it's not true that's not, not true close no keenan keenan wrecked everybody <laughs> okay cool 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 that that's actually a better no, story um keenan wasn't even put into danger the whole the whole time the whole thing oh my god not even close oh my god you want to hear something crazy? Um, and this is just about like how small of a world it is. Okay. Um, I don't, you know, so I don't, one of the reasons that I'm doing a little bit better in the COVID situation is because I don't hold the lease to our location. Yeah. I sublease from a karate dojo. It's called um, um, Chowa. They're like a blend of Korean martial arts. Yeah. Really what they do is that what they do really well was their after school program where they would pick up your kids, bring them to the dojo, teach them for 90 minutes and then have them do an hour of homework or put on movies until you're ready to pick them up. And for that, they would charge something like $400 a month because they're picking up the kids, they're socializing them, they're watching movies. Yeah, you know, but the problem was that they kind of stopped making money after 5.30 when all the kids get picked up and they have an empty dojo. So it worked out well for me to come in with an adult class at six. Yeah. You know, that way the Mac can make money the whole time. And so I would just, I would just kind of give them a percentage of what I make. And, but I didn't have to, not responsible for the bottom line number. You know what I mean? That's them. Yeah. And then I think they're having a really hard time and I might, I might have to get my own place if that's something I want to do in the next year or so. Just because it's kind of like, you know, well, the after school thing is gone. You know what I mean? But the lady, the lady that I rent from is like really like this, like really accomplished, like traditional martial artists, you know? And, um, she's like deep into like traditional martial arts. And she was telling, she told me one day, it's like, Oh, you, you're a BJJ guy. Yeah. Do you know this name? Keenan Cornelius? I was like, yeah, I know the name Keenan Cornelius. Of course he's the man. And he was like, well, his dad is like a black yeah. belt. Mm -hmm. in, and she's like, I know, like they're in the same lineage or something. So I guess this, like this guy was just like made to be a martial arts master. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. I just thought that was cool. You know, it's like when you have a kid and you're like, this is going to be like somewhere out there, like a high level American karate black belt had a kid and was like, this is going to be a jujitsu kid. This is going to be a martial art. That's so cool. Like, I don't know. Yeah. So I, so there's a story that's kind of somewhat similar, but so this guy, he was, a uh, he came in and he was like told the instructor he's like yeah my kid uh he's like really 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 good at jiu-jitsu and you know we're all like yeah whatever you know he's like yeah he thought he was talking cool but like trying to you know talk talk up his son he's like yeah no he's he, he's phenomenal he's like one of, he's gonna be one of the best and we're like yeah whatever and then we found out his kid his son was keenan cornelius <laughs> oh my god <laughs> i was like oh he's he's actually telling the truth here yeah Hey, so can we, can we go ahead? Sorry. Sorry. Yeah. Keenan is probably the best grappler that hasn't won the worlds yet. Yeah. Easily. Um, what do you think that is? I have no idea. I think it's luck. Cause you have to be some, you have to be lucky to win the world championships too. You know, especially now, like back when I started jujitsu, you could win matches with just technique. Now you got to be, have good technique and you got to be extremely strong and you got to be in really good shape and you got to just, just everything. Jujitsu has changed so much. It's really gotten professionalized, hasn't it? Yeah. You need to be, you need to have everything now. Yeah. Do you, um, 
you know, I, one of the things that I've seen a lot is like these like blue belts with like athlete pages. You know what I mean? It's like these like blue okay. belts. <laughs> I, made, I, made, I made a highlight when I was a white belt, so I'm not going to say anything about that. Yeah, okay. <laughs> it's just like there's like um, there's like this sense of like people can really take it somewhere now and people take it yeah. like really serious, you know. Um, it, it's just so, it's just so, you know. Um, everything's up at the highest level, I think, including the strength. Um, for me, as I age, I'm, I'm 33. I'm looking at 34 here very soon. Um, I can't work out the same way that I, I just, my body, like, I got three good workouts a week. I don't have 10, you know what I mean? I think uh, you just have to get used to it, but it is definitely so? like, I mean, you just gotta forget your other, forget your life and you have to just dedicate it to it. Yeah. The role of steroids in the sport I mean, it seems like there was less juice floating around back in your day. We don't know. I don't. I have no idea. At that point, it wasn't really talked about as much. Okay. But now, definitely. Oh my god. I mean, some of these guys. I'm just like, what the hell? dude? I'm like, that is not. You, you okay? You can't look like a professional bodybuiler and be a world champion in jiu-jitsu at the same time. You just can't. Yeah, you can't be well. Just like the the movement, the movement, the 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 recovery, the you know, I mean, like it's it's hard, you know, like how are you recovering so fast so you can get this bodybuilding workout in, and then also get in all these movement workouts, then also get in these conditioning workouts, and then also go to practice. Yeah, and the way that the IBJJF tests, it doesn't even really matter. No, they don't. They don't test because if they, it's because it's not if they're taking starts at that time, it's how much training and experience they got while they were doing it. Yeah. So it's, it's definitely like, you could definitely feel it. Like when you go against someone with steroids, you're like, Oh my God. Okay. This person is really hard to contain. <laughs> contain. Yeah. Is, is that disheartening? It sucks. <laughs> it definitely yeah. sucks. But I mean, I'm sure I've beaten some people that are on steroids. It's not like an, an easy win. Right. Right. Know? You still got to beat other guys that are phenomenal or, or also they're doing steroids too, or, yeah. you know, it's still. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, I get that. Like it works, but it's not magic. Like the yes, technique no. still. Yeah. That's super cool. That's super cool. Well, Hey man, I've, um, I've really, I really enjoyed talking to you. Um, thanks so much for taking the time with me late at night. Um, we don't really know each other. You just did me a favor for my little podcast. Um, Sean Roberts of sector BJJ all around good guy. We're so glad that you're healthy, man. I think, I think myself and a lot of other people in the jiu-jitsu community read that you were healthy and were like, breathe the sigh of relief. And I know it was like, didn't Gordon, Gordon Ryan get it? Yeah. He got it too. I was, I was like, what about he died? Like nobody would come to class ever again. Dude. I mean, if he died, all the haters would come out of the woodwork too. And they'd be like, see, that's I know, what, but that's what I would have stopped training. I'm, I'm done. <laughs> Do you? <laughs> yeah no i mean if he you're right if he if like the biggest strongest healthiest guy got got it and died would be done be yeah done. she should be done for like another year yeah but hey we're still here so still here yeah. thanks so much for joining man really appreciate you all right man thanks for having me have a good night have a good night all right let's see it